These are the daily lectionary comments for January the 9th. We're going to look at Ezekiel chapter 3, where uh, Ezekiel is charged as Israel's watchman, whose duty it is to warn Israel of the impending disaster. And then Romans chapter 2, where Paul turns his attention from the low-hanging fruit of the obviously sinful pagans to the more interesting question of the sinfulness of Jews who judge them. Okay, Ezekiel chapter 3, beginning at verse 12. Now, this is a very famous passage. I may have indicated to you earlier that it was in Ezekiel chapter 18 that uh, Ezekiel was likened to a watchman. If you read chapter 18, you'll see it's a very similar passage, but it's here in Ezekiel chapter 3 where where um, uh, the Lord first charges Ezekiel with being a watchman. Now, what is a watchman? A watchman is uh, somebody who is on duty while the rest of uh, the soldiers sleep, so to speak, uh, they stand guard. And uh, they stand guard uh, in order to warn of impending danger. And so uh, Ezekiel is though he is uh, a man standing guard on the walls of a walled city, whose duty it is to warn the, the inhabitants of the city in the middle of the night of the impending uh, approach of an army, for example. And that's the idea of a watchman. And the Lord says, you are uh, a watchman. You're a watchman for the house of Israel. And I am charging you and telling you right now, impending disaster is coming upon the city. I am going to judge these people. Now, of course, Israel has already been judged. These are people who are already uh, in in um, in exile, but the judgment does not end there. I mean, uh, Israelites who do not heed the warning message of the Lord will perish there uh, in uh, in Babylon. So so the, the the judgment of the Lord continues, and Ezekiel is there to continue to remind these people of why they're in exile, and what it is that has caused the Lord to be so angry with them. And the basic idea of the watchman is this. The disaster is coming. God's judgment is coming upon sin. And your job, Ezekiel, is to warn these people so that they will repent. If you do not warn them, and therefore they do not repent, then they will perish. And you will be charged with their blood. Notice, they will not be innocent because Ezekiel didn't warn them. They already knew. They should have known. If they didn't know, it was their own fault. But Ezekiel will incur guilt for not warning them further because God in his mercy is warning these people further. So if Ezekiel does not warn these people that disaster and judgment is coming upon them, if they do not turn from their idolatry, they will perish and Ezekiel will be charged with their blood. On the other hand, if he warns them and they repent, then they will not be judged as God is planning on judging them because they will have repented and turned from their idolatry. And Ezekiel uh, will not be charged with their destruction. If Ezekiel warns them and they fail to, ret to, to return to God, then they will perish. But Ezekiel will not be charged with their blood. He discharged their duty. He did what the Lord commanded them to do. If a righteous person is considering turning to sin, Ezekiel is to warn them. If he uh, fails to, re to warn them, uh, then they will turn to sin and perish. 
Um, and Ezekiel would be charged with that. If he warns them and they do it anyway, well, then they will perish, but Ezekiel will not be charged with their sin. That's the basic idea of the watchman. It, it's what we would say in the church. It's the duty of the church to preach the law. In, order, in other words, to warn sinners that they will perish, to warn people who are turning away from Christ that they will perish, that the church and the clergy of the church and Christians one to another are charged to warn one another when we see a fellow Christian wandering from the truth or sinning uh, against God, that God will judge such ones. And in fact, the church does incur guilt if it not only allows, or in some cases in our present age, even encourages people to go on with their sinfulness, claiming that God is doing a new thing in this world and that what is written in the scripture is not really what God's uh, will is. I mean, the church will incur tremendous guilt for leading sheep to their slaughter. It is true, and that's why James says in James chapter 3, let not every one of you aspire to be a teacher. He's talking about pastors in church. Pastors in church incur special guilt if they fail to warn the people, and therefore the people then wander into evil. Now, uh, the so that's the, that's the main thrust of this reading here. There's also a section where, uh, uh, in verse 24 and 25, the Lord says, um, I'm going to confine you to your house. You're not going to go out among the people and speak, and I'm going to essentially tie your tongue shut. You are not going to warn these people uh, uh, because this is a judgment against them. You, you are not going to wander among the people. However, if I speak to you and if I give you a specific thing to say, then you will say it. You will most definitely say it. <clears throat> so Ezekiel is not given the charge to go out and speak his own opinion in his own words, even though those opinions and words might be very accurate and true. But God says, I will tell you exactly what to speak. And when I do, you will speak it. Um, and then he says, uh, if I speak to you, you will say, <coughs> excuse me, thus says the Lord, verse 27. You will say, if I speak to you, thus says the Lord, whether you want to say it or not. <coughs> And then he adds something that is very much like what Jesus uh, said. He who, has, uh, he who will hear, let him hear. And he will refuse to hear, let him refuse. <coughs> very much as Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Um, he's very much copying um, uh, God's message to Ezekiel here. You speak to these people. If they don't have a mind to listen... <coughs> If they don't really care to listen to the word of the Lord, well, then fine, they will be judged. Uh, but if they care to listen, then they will be saved by the hearing of the word of the Lord. So this is Ezekiel chapter 3. Ezekiel, the, wa <coughs> the watchman, a very um, famous passage of scripture, and tells us a lot about how the prophets and the preachers of the word of God are to consider their duty. Okay, Romans chapter 2 beginning at verse 1. Now here, Paul turns his attention. He's been talking about Gentiles, the low-hanging fruit, the ones that are easy to criticize uh, for being immoral and walking in darkness and not knowing anything about God. It, it's very obvious uh, to any Jew how, how uh, you know, far away from the truth these people are. But now uh, Paul turns his attention to those who do know. He says, you have no excuse. 
you uh, who judges others. So he's now talking about Jews. He's going to get more specific later on about Jews that uh, and and their uh, and and the availability of the Word of God to them. But right now he's mostly just saying, "Look, you're criticizing these people, and yet you do the same things, and therefore uh, you are to be judged also." Um, he also makes the point here that it is not the hearers of the law, but the doers of the law. You have to understand that in this section, uh, what Paul is talking about here is is not who's saved and who's not saved. What he's talking about uh, is if God were to measure us according to our actual um, moral worth, uh, w- what we're actually like, um, then if he looked at a pagan, he would see a very corrupt individual. But Paul is making the point that if I looked, if, if the Lord looked at a Jew and measured him for what he actually is, he would also find a very corrupt individual. The fact of the matter is human beings are corrupt, and that's the argument that Paul is making here. Uh, so he says, yes, uh, uh, there are those who will die without the Torah. They do not follow the Torah, they will be judged apart from the Torah, and they will perish apart from the Torah. But then there are those who have the Torah. They will be judged according to the Torah, and they will perish under the Torah. If they are judged according to their actual moral worth, that's how it's going to go. And that's his point here. Because it's not just the hearers of the Torah, it's not just the hearers of the Word of God, but the doers who are actually going to be found by God to be um, a right and proper and just human beings. Now then, he, he, the, this next section is very fascinating. Verse 14 and 15 are very famous verses. And here, Paul starts talking about Gentiles who do by nature the things that are written in the law. And he points out that they often do do by nature the things that are written in the law. You know, you don't need Moses to tell you you should not steal. You don't need Moses to tell you you should not kill. You don't need Moses to tell you that you should fear God. The people naturally want to do these things or don't want to do these things, as the case may be, um, because, according to Paul here, it's, it's, it's wired into their very consciences. Every human being has two arms, two legs, a head, and a conscience. And that conscience gives us moral guidance. It tells us, even little children, when they're doing wrong. Therefore, even if you don't have the Word of God, you still have an innate understanding that there is good and bad and right and wrong. And you have an innate understanding where you have done wrong or you have deserved judgment. So therefore, Paul says that, yes, Jews will will be able to look at the Torah and recognize where and how and why they should be judged because there's the written law of God. But on the other hand, here are the Gentiles who do not have that, and yet they also... Uh, will have an innate sense that they have fallen short of what a human being ought to be and stand under the judgment of God, whoever he may be and whatever he may be like. So this is a section where we talk about the law of God being written on human hearts. It's, it's just a part of what it means to be a human being. And this is a very important uh, aspect of doctrine. Some people will say, well, without, without the actual written word of God, how can God judge anybody? But Paul is making the point that he can very well judge anybody because whether you have the written law of God, which simply spells it out much more clearly, you do have a conscience and a brain. And human beings are created with the capacity to understand the difference between right and wrong and feel guilt. 
the very fact that human beings are oftentimes approving their own actions or excusing their own actions, even when those actions are quite wicked, is demonstration as far as Paul's concerned that God has made all human beings with this innate knowledge. It may be an imperfect knowledge, but it is nevertheless an innate knowledge of right and wrong and that we deserve to be punished for the things that we do. In the Torah, it is spelled out very clearly what it is that human beings are to be and do, and therefore why we should be punished. But whether you have the law of God or not, you still stand under the law of God and will be judged by God. You will either be judged by the law or you will be judged apart from the law, but all human beings stand under the judgment of God.